Hey everyone, and welcome to Off the Beaten Cliff. We're in our third installment mm-hmm. of Instrumental April. Yep. And this week we're talking about Ben Rossett's Booster Pack from Yes, yeah, sir. So let's get into it. guys we are here we're in instrumental april mm-hmm. week three how you feel kev i uh, feel good feel good uh our recording schedule has been a bit uh wackadoo this month but uh it feels good we didn't see each other for 10 days and now we saw each other like twice in the same week <laughs> yeah, i'm all i'm all perplexed i don't know what to do with myself <laughs> went so long without seeing your beautiful face and now I'm almost it's almost like overload yeah I can barely right. sleep at night because i'm thinking about you so much <laughs> <laughs> well luckily we haven't done a queen city long enough for it to yeah we need to do that soon i yeah. feel like not not because not for fans because i'm not sure anybody listens to it but i just like doing it's it. a good exercise it's for a, us it's to like good, not, yeah. it's not a take good, something so serious yeah exactly it's a good kind of way for us to practice speaking into microphones <laughs> uh, yeah and uh, we're going to keep talking into microphones this week talking yeah, about ben rossett's booster pack mm-hmm. from 2020 uh, it's actually a mixtape um, that Ben Rossett produced, mixed, and uh, basically did it all on his own. I was say, I didn't know if he did all the instrumentation or not. Instrumentation or not. He did. There is one song, Tamagotchi, that he didn't do the drums on. So um, pretty much this is his, his love child. He did it all himself. It was released on July 3rd, 2020. Kevin, I want to get your opening thoughts on this. Uh, opening thoughts? Uh, I love it. I mean, this is this is an album that you know I kind of knew what I was getting with um, Strawberry Girl since we had just done that, and this is kind of more of a continuation of that, but even more experimental if that's possible. Uh, I feel like this is Ben Rossett just kind of doing what he wants, and I, I always think that's kind of cool when you get somebody this talented and they can kind of just do what they want. It's uh, that's the kind of the immediate feel I got from this album on my first listen through. I was like, oh yeah, this is fucking nuts, and I, I really really like it. Uh, it's. Uh, it's, I think it's less pop punk and way more on the experimental side. And uh, all I can say is, woo! Woo! Yeah, baby! <laughs> you should have known I was going to go apeshit for some woos. <laughs> there's so many on this album. <laughs> uh, there's so many little like Ben Rossett like, cut-ins here. Uh, so now we know where his influence came on. He, this sounds... Strawberry Girls is almost like a Ben Rossett album. They sound very similar. Yeah, he he produces and mixes all the Strawberry Girls, yep. so you can feel his his hand on it. And even the guitars kind of feel similar to mm-hmm. Strawberry Girls. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're a little bit more. There's a lot more clean guitar in this album, which I think is cool. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 nerdy math math metal prog jazz weird goodness, and I like it a lot. So. He really leans into the nerdiness with all oh, the yeah. names of the songs, which I, I wrote little anecdotes. You know, I, I was really inspired by you last week, so I wrote anecdotes for every song. Oh, I don't know anything about <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon or Dungeons & Dragons, so sure. uh, I wrote down the very basics. Was but, there a Dungeons & Dragons on here? Yeah, I think it was... Death Kiss? Hmm, Interesting. Death Kiss, there's one from Diablo, and then a lot of Pokemon. Yeah, a and lot then, of Pokemon, which makes sense because it's called Booster Pack. So. Yeah. Um, my opening thoughts, I just, 
I was looking for more. I'd love the drums. Mm-hmm. So to he- find out he had like his own stuff and that he was a, a producer and a multi-instrumentalist, seeing him having his own solo stuff, I kind of just found the first first most recent album and I listened to a couple songs and I was like, good enough. Yeah. So uh, you and I kind of discovered this together and I thought it was a lot of fun. There's a lot of nerdiness. There's a lot of elements that you and I find enjoyable. So it was just like 21 minutes long. We're doing two episodes in a week. So I tried to keep it short. Yeah. That, that, looking at this track list, my first thought is like, oh, all right, this is right. This presses all my nerd buttons. I like it. I love it. Yeah. And um, the sampling, there's just a lot of cool elements and, Packing it in, these songs still are very full for being very short. Yeah, when I was first listening to it, I was like, there's no way. Like, there's no way this is only 21 minutes long. Like, it feels like a 40-minute album in 21 minutes, which mm-hmm. is cool. It's 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 rare that you get the opposite of that, um, where, you know, well, not the opposite, but where, like, something that feels longer makes it better. Where, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah, it was, I was shocked that it was only 21 minutes the first time I listened to it. You ready to hop in? Let's hop in. All right. Uh, track number one, The Mandalorian. Yep. I'll let you go first. Okay, cool. Um, it's, it's a great opener, man. It's Again, we, we have another, we've had a bunch of great openers right in a row here. Um, and it starts starts off right away with like that 1950s like sci-fi space effect and then hops right into this light speed guitar with xylophone. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I think it's xylophone. And I, I think that's a nod to the Mandalorian theme where it's got that ding and it's uh, like that xylophone hit. But it's like that times a factor of a million. And it's just it's it's it's. Again, it immediately drops you right in. You're like, this is the kind of weird shit you're going to get for 21 minutes. I hope you enjoy it because <laughs> if not, there's the door. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, just Ben Ross. It's a mad lad, man. Uh, and, and it does exactly what an opener should do. And it sets up the theme of what the album is going to sound like incredibly well. And so, yeah, I, I love the Mandalorian, the show and the song. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I love Many things about this song. First off, it's only a minute 42, which tickles the uh, little pop hunk in me. And uh, it has this like dreamy guitar and it feels like he was going for a Star Wars soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like um, like the inspiration for Star Wars, like the Flash Gordon serials, not necessarily Star Wars, but like that 1950, like I said, 1950s sci-fi. It really, really kind of captures that sound quite a bit. Yeah. And you know, he's got dreamy guitars and those drums that we've come to expect after listening to Strawberry Girls. It kind of feels like we get a feel for his drumming technique and mm-hmm. he just knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Um, verbal meme. This motherfucker don't miss. <laughs> Me and Kev smoking ciggies. <laughs> he's good. This motherfucker don't miss. Yeah. No, he really doesn't. Uh, next track is Blue Eyes White Dragon, yep. which is a Yu-Gi-Oh card. Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Which, did you play Yu-Gi-Oh! I never played it, but I watched the the series a little bit with my younger brother. Uh, but yeah, I never played the card game, but I do have a game. There's a game for PlayStation 2 that I was obsessed with called like Duelist of Roses. I think it was a Yu-Gi-Oh! game. Mm-hmm. It's well, fucking awesome. <laughs> well, uh, Blue Eyes White Dragon is described as a powerful engine of destruction. For yep. That's absolutely true. Hell Yeah. I think uh, in the show there's only like four blue eyes white dragon cards in the I think that's the whole premise of like the first like two episodes. I'll get into it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um this is in the terms of like feel of a song, this is kind of a continuation from the last song mm-hmm. and it feels like it has heavier guitars. Um he threw a couple woos in here for us. Yeah, sure at did. 130. I think he was like, you know what? 
still really like the woos. Um, it was a quick one too. Yeah. A woo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, a Ben Rossett staple, like for a guy that's so experimental, he, he likes throwing in similar things to kind of, yeah. when you hear it, you know, it's his. And woo is huge in pop punk. Yeah. Like I think it grounds it a little bit too, because this shit is very experimental. So giving giving somebody like a taste of that little that that little pop sound or like something that people are familiar with, I think helps ground it in reality as well. And in, and where some songs like suck out the air with a vacuum, I feel like the woo kind of like can turn the song like in a split second. Yeah, it's like that gas is like the <gasps> woo. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, blue eyes, white dragon. Yeah, so um, it's, uh, this is, I'm assuming, setting up uh, the first couple episodes of Yu-Gi-Oh! Where Seto Kaiba, the main bad guy for the first couple seasons, or maybe just the first season, I think he ends up joining him or whatever. He's like some spoiled rich brat who like you kidnaps Yugi's grandpa because he has like the last blue eyes white dragon and he wants it all of them so he can never face them and can never be defeated, blah, blah, whatever. It's typical anime shit. Um <laughs> But it's like that's that's the theme of this song to me is like it really perfectly captures like that boyhood tough guy. You know what I mean? It's like that stereotypical like 16 year old anime tough guy who is like super rich and super snobby about it. He's just a smug motherfucker. And this this song kind of perfectly encapsulates like Seto Kaiba perfectly. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it really does. It sounds like a smug bad guy revealing the, his literal trump card in this point where he's got like, all oh, I've got all four blue eyes, white dragons. And, but there's a, there's a funny part in the, uh, this, the meme from the internet, uh, where Yu-Gi-Oh transform or Yugi transforms into Yu-Gi-Oh, which is, how he just hits puberty and becomes like an Egyptian guy. It's this show's fucking bonkers. Anyway, <laughs> he plays like the. The one card that can beat the four eyes, four blue eyes, white dragons, and said it's like, he's like he's just fucking shocked to death. It's amazing, um, but yeah, no this this uh, this song kind of perfectly encapsulates the the menacing side of Seto Kaiba, and I think that's not on accident. Uh, you know, I talk about the woo too, and we get our first woo with many on this album. And, you know, it gives us a little taste of math metal to come with our first interesting timing signatures, but nothing crazy just yet. So, um, but yeah, next we go into Flareon, which is a Pokemon. You want to do your tidbit or do you want to wait? Uh, fire type Pokemon introduced in generation one. There you go. Flareon. Uh, Flareon is one of the three, uh, evolutions of Eevee, depending on which stone you give it. So. I would have never known any of this <laughs> if I wasn't listening to it with my girlfriend yesterday. It was like, oh, that's a Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, that song's a Pokemon. <laughs> and then she's like. Are these? Is this whole album just Pokemon? Pretty so much. I was like, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Almost all of them are Pokemon, or some sort of nerd culture reference. So, yeah, yeah Flareon is one of the uh, my favorite uh, evolution of Eevee, uh, but whatever. Anyway, um, this song sounds like an early Pokemon trainer battle. It's a, it's a super nice clean guitar to open, then all of a sudden at the thirty second mark, the speed like doubles instantly, and it kind of flips flaps back and forth every thirty to twenty seconds, and it's just so so perfectly done because it's not something you get, but you like you get fucking hyped when that that speed doubles. I had, I was listening to it at work today, and I had to go back and listen to it. I actually had to keep time with my fingers again, and then I was like, oh okay, shit, yeah, that tempo it literally exactly doubled, and that's fucking cool. That's math metal to the core. It's mm-hmm. like messing around with timing signatures, but playing things at certain speeds that still work at a slower or faster timing signature. It's it's 
it's so, so fucking nerdy to, to write music that way, but it sounds awesome. If you're willing to kind of take that trip with the artist, uh, again, when he, when he slows down that first time again, like at the minute mark, uh, the guitar is still going at that double speed tempo, but it works because of math, right? Freaking math, man. Yeah. Numbers. <laughs> it, that's all music is. It's just breaking down. It's, it's, it's literal math. And you know, when you, when you start to play around with that, you can make some really cool sounds and that's, this is a great kind of simple way to illustrate that to somebody who's never really listened to like experimental math metal or anything that messes with timing signatures like jazz does. So this is a, this is a really good way to say like, Hey, okay. So you can see where this doubled, this tempo doubled for this 30 seconds. And then it slowed back down to that original tempo, but the guitar is still playing at that same tempo and it still works. Right. So you can see how just because two things are playing at different timing signatures doesn't mean they're necessarily not going to work together. It's really, it's, it's, it's cool stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. very, very satisfying. Yeah, and uh, there's a music video he put on Facebook that basically has like a, a Pokemon theme going on in the background, and he's playing the guitar to this. And to watch him play the guitar to this is absolutely insane. Yeah, I bet. He's just nodding his head and yeah. like... Um, that first flip is so fucking good. You just start <laughs> immediately start grooving out to it. Effortless. Um, and of course, it's got intricate drums, and we got a couple samples from Pokemon. Mm-hmm. It's just an all-around dope song. Mm-hmm. It's It's something... I haven't heard a lot of Pokemon songs before. He's uh, He has another single called Kirby that I heard before this, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool to hear some Kirby sounds and stuff, but like, whoa, this this is so sweet. Yeah, it's an awesome song, man. And the guitar work cannot be overstated. Like you mentioned with all the intricate stuff, but like, goddamn. And then the plucky and like catchy chorus. Whew, yeah. I can listen to that chorus all day. Um, yeah, me too, honestly. And it's, it's so much better coming off of that half speed straight into it. Ah, so good. And the next one is Tamagotchi. Now Tamagotchi is the only time there's someone featured in, um, gray Easterland. I didn't, or Eastland. I didn't look up what he is from or anything, but, uh, he plays the drums on this song. Tamagotchi is a handheld digital pet. Uh, that a lot of us from the 90s and 2000s remember. It was created in Japan, and I'm not even going to try and say those names. It was released in (laughs) November of 1996 and uh, became one of the biggest toy fads of the late 90s and early 2000s. Did you ever have I I did not have a Tamagotchi. I had a Gigapet, which is the same thing, Mm -hmm. which it's funny. um, It wasn't Yu-Gi-Oh!, but Digimon. Which is a, a, like a Pokemon Digimon, digital monsters. Yeah, those they also made like Tama, like Tamagotchi type Digimon too. Yeah. So technically, Digimon is older than Pokemon. So people that say Digimon is a Pokemon ripoff are stupid and dumb, and I hate them. <laughs> Digimon is a much better show than Pokemon too. Come at, come at me. That's there's Ooh. there's a hot take for you. Man, we're yeah, getting but hot it's, in here. It's just true. It's just true. It's be, <laughs> it's a better show. Uh, it has a better plot line, better story. <laughs> Not better monsters, I don't think, but the monsters are still pretty cool in Digimon. Anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> Let's get back to the album here. Um, a lot of fun tidbits about the song, but to me, it's kind of an unremarkable song. Sure. Um, it's slower paced, and it's it's not a bad song by any means. It just doesn't stand out around, among the rest. I, I totally agree. I wrote almost the exact same thing. Um, you know, I said, I wrote, you know, the clean guitar carries over from last track. It's a nice smooth open while the drums go inside. The drums are incredible on this song. Yeah. Uh, did, who, who did you say it was? Uh, Gray Eastland. Dude fucking kills it. I mean, he, he had to have been worn out by the end of this song. Like, if you listen to just the guitars, like, you're like, oh, this is a cool, easy listener. But then you listen to the fucking intricate different patterns this guy's playing on drums. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> 
Like it's not, it's not that it's not that fast of a song. Just chill. Like relax, relax. <laughs> Him and uh, Ben make a good pair because yeah. they both do not know how to chill. Even on slow songs, they're like yeah. doing something super <laughs> intricate, and you're like, dude, you could have easily phoned it in. Yeah, you. I mean, you could have just you know taken a nice easy kind of like easy jazz lick on the drums and like taking it easy. But no, I mean that it wouldn't have been like a super experimental album. Again, they're messing with timing signatures here and. Um, it's really fun to take that ride, you know, and I read, you know, it's impossible to take, to just listen to one instrument in this album, because if you do, you're going to miss out on something fucking wackadoo going on. Right. Yeah. So yeah, again, it's, uh, I Googled great Eastland and all I got were shoes from Nordstrom. <laughs> <laughs> just gray Eastland style <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but again, the, that drumming goes on for the entire two and a half minutes. And, and I really, you know, it's a cool track, but it doesn't stand out necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, going straight into Starlight, which is a bit of an interlude almost. It's very, very short. It's like yeah. a minute long, maybe. Um, 40 seconds. 40 seconds. There you go. So it, the distortion is back on the guitars, finally. You know, I, I really kind of missed it. But I do, I do like the clean guitar sound, but I, I like hearing distortion on, like, my like experimental shit. I don't know. It's just yeah. me. Uh, it's not even distortion. It's more of just an effect. Um, you know, to me, this sounds like a nighttime in animal crossing village or something like that. It's very calm, very peaceful, or it's like a street side bistro. Uh, it's just Your nice attention, and, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice and relaxing. And it, again, this is one of those songs where everything does kind of chill out and it's just like a, you know, can we do this? It almost sounds like there's like clinking of the glass and it's like, your attention, please. Like someone's about to propose and mm-hmm. like a really nice beast. Yeah. 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 That's, that's what I get. So that's all I got for that. There's not much you can say about a 40 second song. Right. Um, the starlight Pokemon are the starlight styled Pokemon species who their starlight powers are given by the mystical beings or the star power tree when they are born. <laughs> Did not know this was more, this one was about Pokemon. Yeah. I thought it was about animal crossing. Oh, it could be. The Starlight from Animal Crossing? I don't know. I don't know. No, no, I don't think so. I might have uh, dug too deep on that one. No, I don't think you did. I think you're fine. (laughs) You can take whatever you want out of it. Yeah, because you know what? I get Espeon. You do, which is my favorite track on the album by a large margin. Yep. Um, Espeon is a psychic-type Pokemon introduced in Generation 2. I'll let you go first just because it's your favorite song. No, it's okay. It's mine too, but... Uh, the funkiest and best song on the mixtape, yeah. baby. Uh, firing it on all cylinders. Uh, it goes slower in pace than we're used to. And um, it's been like lightning speed for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ben really goes in here and he can, it proves that he can slow it down because a lot of the times the drums, like you, like we've said, it feels like a, like a movie where there's two guys drumming and they're just like trying to compete <laughs> on <laughs> drum line where p- people are just trying to drum as fast right. and, as crazy as possible but um it's by far the longest song on this mixtape it's four minutes and 16 four minutes and 16 seconds yeah. long but i think it's well worth the the length i agree that's all I got. that's it yep all right well yeah again espion is an incredible track another evolution of evie i think ben rossett likes evie evolutions for some reason <laughs> um but yeah no you know right away we get a woo and a uh, right at the beginning uh. of the song <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got, you got to love that Rosset flair that he puts in his songs. It's, it's a straightforward, it's almost straightforward kind of mid tempo jazz track um, with nothing super special going on until one fifty. And there's this 30 second, I already texted you about it. There's this 30 second snippet of music. That is one of my favorite things I've listened to in a very, very, very long time. Like it fucking blew my mind. It's so 
so good. It's, it's hard to explain it without having it being played. It's like, it's like the music is all stumbling at once and then it gracefully recovers and it goes into like this really, really nice clean riff and then it does it again and it does it again and it does it again. And each time that stumble gets a little bit longer and a little bit slower and a little bit more clumsy, but that makes the recovery that much nicer. I can see it so vividly. It's like somebody running really gracefully and then stumbling over a rock and then like straightening back up and running again and then stumbling again. It's like, it's a very anime kind of thing that I can see in my head. Um, and it's just so, so, so fucking well done here. Like the drums stumble, the bass stumbles, the guitar stumbles, and they all stumble in the exact same way. And then they all recover in the exact beautiful, most graceful way possible. And it really, what it does is it controls the, the listener's ear, right? When you're, when you're doing that, you, you see and you hear somebody stumbling, so you like lean forward and you try to catch the track. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And every time you're like, you're like, oh, okay, they're good. And then you lean forward again. Like, oh, shit, you're falling again. And it really, like I physically leaned forward every single time. It does it, I think, four or five times. And it's just so beautiful, you know? Like to, be, to have that amount of skill to really control the listener's ear, uh, it, it's astounding to me. It, it really is. And it's, it's just... It's gorgeous. It's beautiful songwriting. And, you know, if you're not listening to it, you might just kind of like glance over it. But when I was listening to it, I, it immediately grabbed me. I, I rewound it back four times. And each time I was like, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking awesome, dude. It's just, again, it's because I like music that can, it, it like it physically controls my body. And I think that's awesome. It's a, it's an un, it's an unwarranted, not unwarranted, but unlike, unconscious response to the music and you like you lean forward like oh shit like you want to literally catch this music that's tumbling but then it saves itself ah, so fucking good like i said i could I, I could talk about that 30 second clip for an entire episode it's 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 genius like messing with timing and that's the, it's really really fucking good but anyway Let's move on before I cream in my jeans here. <laughs> I was wondering when it was going to get sexual. No, yeah, eventually it does. But yeah, no, <laughs> Chef Kisses for that song. Uh, just really fucking great. The rest of the song's good too, but that that 30-second snippet is just, it's genius songwriting. Um, and we'll make that the intro to the to the episode. Yes. Uh, you have to do a little bit of the lead up though, so you get the kind of timing. Oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so good. Anyway, um, so rare jewels is the next track. Uh, I just I don't ha- I didn't have a whole lot to say to this because I was still so <laughs> every yeah. time I listened to Espion I was just fucking ah it's so fucking good. Uh, but yeah, this sounds like a Chun Li stage kind of sped up a million times, like on a MIDI piano. Um, and it's there's a guy doing uh, a thing in the background, and it's I think it's some sort of like Middle Eastern Indian thing it's it's actually works off like the fibonacci sequence i think where it, it progressively gets faster with each pass it's it's really interesting kind of math stuff again uh you know anytime you're talking about the fibonacci sequence in music it's, it's pretty nerdy shit <laughs> uh, but yeah no the modulating time signature here is almost impossible to bob your head to but you want to regardless it's like okay i found the beat no no it's gone but you want to bob your head regardless and that that to me is a sign of like really pushing the edge of what a listener can stand. Yeah. And I think that's what the next few songs are like, except with the exception of maybe nine tails, but the end of this album is very challenging from a listening perspective. Oh, yeah. uh, um, I'd say the vote, the sampled vocals on here are so damn annoying. Really? Yeah. It took me out of the song. Completely. <laughs> sure. Um, but it's, it's cool to change up the pace and it's like a hip hop infused, mm-hmm. 
Um, it's a hip hop infused song with not traditional drums. So it's cool to, to have something that different because I think we had one song like that on the strawberry girls album as well. Yeah. And, uh, when it makes that turn at one thirty and it turns into like a trap R and B song, yeah, it's just trap and it's just smexy, smexy guitar riffing yes. over top. It, it, that's when I really liked yeah. the song and I was like, why couldn't have we done this the whole song? <laughs> it really made you endure it. It's not a long song by any means. I think that's the point though. I think that's what he does continually is push the limits of, you know, how much can you take as a listener? I think yeah. that's awesome. So, yeah, uh, we'll just dive right into Ninetales. Yeah, man, go for it. Uh, Ninetales is a Pokemon that evolves from Vulpix when exposed to a Firestone and or Ice Stone in the case of Alolan Vulpix. <laughs> Does that sound right? Yeah, sure. I got it from uh, Pokopedia. Yeah, that's probably correct. <laughs> um, it feels like a slowed-down continuation of Rare Jewels. Mm-hmm. With, it feels like um, with, a, with just a full band. Mm-hmm. And I didn't write much else besides that. Yeah, no, I, I, I think the, I wrote kind of the same thing. It's kind of a slow buildup, which almost it's it's very nice after that neck breaker we just got last right. time. Um, not a neck breaker in the typical sense where I mentioned it. It's just very like uh, it's like almost whiplash. Yeah, trying to keep up with rare jewels. Uh, yeah, and I you know I think it's intentionally kind of a pompous sounding track because Nine Tails is very stoic and it. The way it looks is you know it almost holds itself above just by looking at it. its its chest is puffed out. And you, when you compare it to uh, Vulpix, which it, which it evolves from, it's like a little scrappy little fox thing. And then Ninetales evolves into this very beautiful, all-white, nine-tailed, very uh, emperor-esque type of thing. Um, and that's almost it, – yeah, it's, it's, it sits above its, its evolution almost aristocratically. And I think that's kind of what this song sounds like too. It's very aristocratic and very kind of full of itself. Not in a bad way. I think it's intentional. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it really is. It kind of sets itself apart like, mm, this is nine tails. And you got to kind of puff your chest out and be, uh, you know, aristocratic when you listen to this. It's just a, uh, a great little track. Uh, straight into Zubat, another another Pokemon, uh, the most annoying Pokemon in any Pokemon game. If you've played any, you know that for sure. Um, but the sound, uh, the sonically, oddly enough, sounds like a Sonic the Hedgehog stage to me like a Metropolis Zone or something like that. It's named after Zubat, which is, again, by far the most uh, annoying enemy and perfectly sets up the next track, I think. Um, oh, I, yeah. I think this Zubat precedes the next track uh, because Zubats are very annoying. <laughs> yeah, he was like, well, he's annoying, so 43 seconds should be plenty. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly like the track. It's just... Um, it sounds like what I would imagine, like starting up an old Sega yeah, video game. exactly. Yeah, it sounds like Sonic the Hedgehog. And I've I go apeshit for these drums, yeah, me too. especially like I don't know when you open a when you're like looking at it and you see oh the song's not very long you like all right well I might as well listen intently and mm-hmm. I feel like this one caught my attention with the drums most most specifically so it goes right into Death Kiss mm-hmm. which is a Dungeons and Dragons character that's. That's all I found on it. There was a lot of info, and I didn't want to write it all down because sure. uh, I figured Alec could tell us about it someday. Yeah, maybe. But whew, we came for the throat here. Son. Drums, <laughs> dude. Man. Drums everywhere. Big, fast drums and the guitars that move with purpose, man. Mm-hmm. Holy shiza. Like, it was almost like it lulled us into like a false sense of like, 
all right, this the rest of this mixtape is going to chill out a little bit. And this was like, nah, this is the second to last song, dude. We're coming for it. Yeah. And um, I, I love that this is the second to last song. The last song doesn't really count, I don't think. It's 14 seconds long. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, it feels like a culmination of like when you're playing a video game and you're in like in the final stretch and you know it's about to end and like you're in your final quest, it's like everything's coming together yep. and like there's a lot of pressure. There's, if, I don't know. There. There's a lot of cool elements to the song, and I thought it was dope. I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I like or I don't know if I love or hate this song. I think I love it because <laughs> um, I, I, it is. It's fucking wild, man. And there's the drums are not so on this. It's it, it almost like he he lost his mind and just decided to see how ridiculous he could make a drum track or how much time he could spend on just one element of the drum kit. It's like he'll just play a closed symbol for like 30 seconds and he'll play the open symbol for like 30 seconds and he'll play fucking snare for 30 seconds. Just only snare. Like what the fuck are you doing, dude? And it's, 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 it's wild to listen to. And it is, it's a really is. It's a test of your patience again, as a listener, it really does trust kind of test your patience. Like, can you take this? Mm -hmm. This still sounds good if you can take it, but if you can't take it, then you don't deserve to listen to it. And I kind of really like that. Uh, but yeah, that's why I said, you know, it's an absolute test of patience, which is probably why it's preceded by Zubat because you, you, once you see one Zubat, you're like, fuck, here we go. I'm going to be in this cave for 20 minutes. I'm going to have to run away from 700 Zubat. Um, but no, I think death kiss is, is, I don't want to say I hate it or I love it. I think it is a very challenging track and it rewards you for sticking through because once you realize what's going on and I really do think he is intentionally testing patience here and testing like a, a listener's ability to listen to something that doesn't necessarily sound great. Um, but you can tell there's some talent there and there's definitely a lot of musicality and a lot of really good musical theory here. It just it's it's wild. It's really <laughs> a mixtape is a time to do it. Too. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. That's when rappers start trying different things and sampling different things. So like, it makes sense that the second to last track on a on a mixtape is going to be one where he just goes absolutely. Yeah, shit. and I think that's what he did. He's just kind of like, I'm going to do fucking weird shit on this track and see see if I can make it work. And he mm -hmm. did. Uh, so yeah, Butterfree uh, again. It's a Pokemon again. It's a butterfly Pokemon. Go figure. Uh, it's 14 seconds of absolute bliss over 21 minutes of madness is what I said. We get to fly away as a beautiful butterfly and get to do it all over again. Yep. I, I couldn't have said it better. I said a sweet 10-second jammer to find yourself confused and amazed by whatever the hell this just was. Yeah. I think it beat you up so much that you got so much experience points that you leveled up and you became butterfree and you... You fly away. <laughs> boom, boom. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, when you used to ride, uh, what's the ride they just tore down at Kings Island? Vortex? Yeah. I was like, well, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> These lower back issues aren't going away, though. <laughs> yeah. so I got three broken ribs, but that's all right. It was, that was a good ride. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's get into closing thoughts, yeah. Kev. Uh, so, yeah, I, you, know, I just, you know, like you kind of said, it's, uh, it's a 21-minute ripper, man. There's no other way to describe it. Even with a couple slow tracks in there, you still feel like you kind of got in a fist fight when you're done with it. You know, and it's it's the perfect Dylan album. You know, there's only one song that's over, I think, three minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> it's maybe. our favorite one. That's right. Um, but the rest are like two, two and one minute long songs. And it's just, it's this crazy math metal jazz fusion at its tastiest. It really is. It, it, I think this is kind of that form of music kind of almost... I don't want to say perfected, but it's certainly at a very, very high level, and it, it makes it for a very, very tasty morsel of music. Oh, yeah. I feel like this is the – I'd like to imagine that 
this was a week of Ben Rossett's time where he needed his ADHD medication <laughs> replenished sure. and he couldn't get it. <laughs> so he spent all his time in the studio because this just, it was experimental. It was fun. And there was a lot of cool little tidbits and he wanted to throw in things with Pokemon and a bunch of n- nerd culture. And mm-hmm. I just thought it was a perfect third week for us on instrumental. Yeah, I think so too. Nice little quick hitter. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited to see what you got uh, for us next week. Cool. Do you want to do next week or do you want to do song of the show first? Let's do song. No, let's do next week's because you've been <laughs> dangling bait in front of me all day. I'm freaking tired. Of all it. right. So I texted Dylan earlier. I was like, dude, you're going to hate me. And he's like, why? And I was like, yeah, you'll find out. And this was like, what, four or five hours ago? Yes. And I was like, <laughs> okay, well, my anxiety's flaring up. Can you just toss me a bone? And you're like, you're going to have to suffer. Yeah. No, yeah, I did say <laughs> that uh, for no reason whatsoever. Um, other than I just wanted to be here when I told you what we were doing. Um, so I, I, I went through a couple different tracks here. I was actually really set on um, doing a Steve Vai album, uh, which I really wanted to do. I really want to talk about like some of the guitar gods, like Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, um, all those guys. I wanted to do at least one of their albums, but at the end of the day, I decided to not do that, and I decided to really challenge you, Dylan. So next week we're doing um, Holst, Gustav Holst's The Planets, which is a 45-minute long classical piece. <laughs> it's broken up into seven little, you know, easily digestible chunks. That's the reason I picked it is because I wanted to do like a, I thought about doing a Sibelius like a uh, violin concerto, but one of the movements was like 17 minutes long. And I'm like, can't do that. But this is, you know, the planets is 45 minutes long. Um, it's broken up into seven pieces. So it's, it's pretty easy to digest and you can kind of, we can easily talk about each of the seven pieces individually because mm-hmm. they do sound very different. It's themed off of the planets, obviously. Um, I also wanted to do it because this is a, uh, this is a piece of music that, uh, has been heavily talked about in recent years because it's, it's been said that the star Wars soundtrack completely ripped it off. And I tend to agree. Um, there's difference between um, finding inspiration from composers and then completely ripping off their sound. Like the Imperial March sounds so much like Mars from Gustav Holst. It's 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 almost shocking how much Star Wars sounds like this. So um, I think it'll be interesting. I think uh, this might be the only time we get to do classical on this. Yeah, <laughs> on this show um, because it really is. It's hard to find um, a piece of music that's broken up so nicely like the Planets is. Uh, so I think, I think we'll try it again. It's only, it's 45 minutes. You know, you're not gonna be able to work out to it probably, which is going to be tough for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I get like my first three listens. Yeah. But, uh, I I don't know. You might be able to, I work out to classical music. You might be able, you know, you might find out you like it. Yeah. yeah, So Gustav Holst of the planets, I'll send you the actual album that I want you to listen to because it's the, um, the Berlin Philharmonic that does it. And I think they do a really good job with it. So that's another thing with classical music. They get multiple different people recording the same thing and it all sounds a little bit different. So yeah, I'll send you the exact album I want to listen to. Yeah. And we'll put it in the show notes too. That way you guys can uh, listen along and, and be ready for it. We don't want you to listen to the wrong version. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, there's some versions out there where somebody wrote, like, and then extended an addendum to it that necessarily wasn't written by Gustav Holst. So, you know, whatever. Classical music is weird. Uh, so, uh, sorry, Dill. That's okay. <laughs> I think you're going to As like long it. as it's not Green Day. That's like, <laughs> Green, Green Day's on our blacklist. Yeah, Green, Green Day and U2. Those are our blacklisted <laughs> bands. Um that's why I was so nervous. I'm like, how the fuck is he going to slip Green Day in? <laughs> no, no. I, I am going to slip a classical piece in on you, though. That's cool. 
Hey, it's instrumental April, baby. Yeah, I think you'll like it. I really do. It's going to be very different. It's going to be challenging for you, I think. Um, but I think you'll enjoy it. I, I really enjoy this piece of music. It's very dark and heavy, and I think you'll you'll enjoy that for about it. So. Yeah, I'm excited. And I'm going to compare it to Star Wars all the time. I might just watch Star Wars while I listen. To it. I think you might. <laughs> you might. You might like it more that way because uh, it really is. There's. I don't. Again, I was joking about the the. Uh, um, plagiarism part of it but they really do sound very very similar and that happens a lot in music so yeah uh it's a song of the week and then we'll get out of here cool uh go ahead um my song of the week fake friend by nothing comma nowhere okay it's a it was an ad on tiktok and it was catchy enough for me to be like oh i'll I'll throw that on on Spotify. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you a listen there, give pal. The you spent the listen, money listen. to pay for an ad on TikTok, sure. uh, and it's catchy as hell. That's all you need sometimes. Yeah, you know, I, most of my songs of the week are going to be like alt pop because I I never want to do a whole alt pop yeah. album That's after Young Blood. I was like, yeah, and we did Miley too. Um, I mean, they're fun, but again, they're fun in like very small doses. We're old. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I gotta put my back brace on if I'm gonna listen to a full album of nothing nowhere. Um but yeah, fake friends, catchy as fuck. Yeah, cool. Um so my song of the show actually comes from a promise I made a few weeks ago to Mason Miller. Mm-hmm. Uh he he said, you know, he I think he had the feedback. He's like, I can't wait for you guys to talk about an album I've actually heard about. And I said, you know what? Fuck you, buddy. The show's called Off the Beaten Clef. You're not supposed to hear about these. Right. The point is to learn new music. Uh, you know, Mason's a good friend of ours. Um, but you know, I said, you know what, I'll let you pick song of the week. And then I never reached out to him. So I reached out to him today. I was like, Hey, what do you want? And he's like, does it have to be instrumental? I was like, no, it doesn't have to be. Um, but he picked kind of an instrumental track anyway. Um, it's K Sarah by wax Taylor. Uh, it's a cool little slow jam, uh, right. That fits right in with instrumental April. Um, there's a, there's a couple samples in here. So K Sarah, Sarah, um, what will be, will be, or whatever it is from the, um, uh, the man who knew too much Doris Day's recording from that movie from like 1954 or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's a cool little sample of that. Um, and it's a nice little morsel of lo-fi. I mean, it's really, really cool track. If you like lo-fi music and you know, uh, something a little bit more hip hop inspired, this is a really cool track for you. Uh, yeah. So thanks Mason. Thanks for your song of the week. And here you go. You big dick hole. Yeah. Here's a song that, you know, finally, <laughs> yeah, that's the last favor you get from us. Uh, but yeah, guys, um, Thanks for listening, and uh, check out our playlist. Um, we just made one big playlist. That way you can hit shuffle on them, uh, not necessarily in any particular order. Kevin and I just kind of add ours as we go. Um, if you have suggestions for albums you want us to do in the future, Instrumental April's almost over. Um, we're going to start getting into like um, some, some fun things for the summer that uh, are going to be a little different than just albums. So uh, we'll talk more about that next week. But uh, for now, check out our playlist on Spotify and uh, get ready for next week. We'll see you. See you.